Hebrews 12, 22, you have come to Mount Zion. That's the church, the city of the living God. That's exciting. The heavenly Jerusalem, you have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. You have come to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad that my name is written in the book of life. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus. You have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word. Somebody shout, I'm here for a better word. Than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth. But I will also shake the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing, everyone say removing, of what can be shaken. That is created things. So that what cannot be shaken may what? Remain. Say it with me. Remain. Therefore, since we are receiving, that's next week. Look at someone and ask them, are you ready to receive? Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Look at someone next to you and tell them things that remain. Can we pray one more time? Lift those hands, everyone. Father, we lift our hands in total surrender to you. We yield our lives to you right now. We pause right now on this day, and we say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. We need a word from heaven. We need to hear from you, because if we don't hear from you, we will not know what to do. But if we get a word from you, we can keep running. We can keep moving forward. We can keep walking out our destiny. Lord, speak. We need a word. We bind every generational spirit and break every generational curse right now in Jesus' name. Everything the enemy planned to destroy us is reversed right now in the name of Jesus. Turn it, God, in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that in you there is life. There is liberty, there is love, there is no limitations. We thank you that you're a good God and you're a good God all the time. Praise you for the things you're about to reveal. Thank you for the things you're about to do. In Jesus' name, clap your hands and praise him like you really want him to do something great in your life. Just nudge somebody next to you if they don't mind it and tell them it's on in the building right now. Verse 26, I love the way this version renders verse 26. Once and for all, I will not only shake the systems of the world. Once and for all, I will not only shake the systems of the world, but also the unseen powers of the heavenly realms. God said, 
I will shake unseen powers in heavenly realms. I will shake principalities, powers, rulers in heavenly places. God's about to get busy, y'all. You've seen things on earth shaken, but you're about to see things in the heavenly realms shaken. And when God starts shaking things in the heavenly realms, that's when curses must be broken. That's when demonic assignments must be turned. Something great is about to happen for your family, you and your family. When I, the other day I was pre preparing this particular message and I wrote this introduction, put it on Facebook. I'll read it again this morning. There's nothing that impresses a believer in Christ more than the sense of solidity and of permanence. The thought of being grounded in the faith, of being perfected, established, strengthened, the thought of being built upon a foundation leaves us all with a certain sense of security. The writer of Hebrew writes in reference to the shake, let it shake. Shout it loud, let it shake. You didn't really say it loud. Come on, say it loud. Let it shake. All that can happen is that the things that are made, the things that are temporary, the things that are imperfect and undesirable will be removed in order that those things which are not shaken may remain. You cannot shake the unshakable. Read it again, Pastor Rick. You cannot shake the unshakable. You cannot move. The immovable. All that shaking can do is bring down the things that can be shaken in order to fully reveal the things that cannot be shaken. Therefore, that's why the writer of Psalm 62 and verse 6 says these words, Truly, he is my rock. Truly, he is my salvation. Truly, he is my fortress. I shall not be shaken. And that's why I had them sing this song this morning. We need to bring that back to the current. Bring it back to the present. I shall not be. I shall not be moved. No matter what is going on around me. No matter what the circumstances say. No matter what the news is saying. I shall not be moved. If you've got that kind of bulldog determination about you today. Would you give him one more praise just before we go forward today? Woo! He said, I will not be shaken in Psalm 62, verse 6. The word literally means I shall not slip, I shall not be moved, and most of all, I shall not be overthrown. Boy, that's a good word right there. I shall not slip. I shall not be moved, but most of all, I will not be overthrown. In other words, I will not lose. Why? Because I refuse to lose. God has made me a winner and a winner all the time. And because he has made me an overcomer, I cannot be overthrown. You are more than a conqueror through Christ who gives you strength. Somebody ought to shout it, I'm an overcomer and I will not be overthrown. Your discernment, your discernment, listen to me very carefully here now. 
your discernment about who is removed, what is removed, and how it was removed is essential to you understanding why you remain. If you do not re read the removal right, it will mess with your ability to remain. Now, for the sake of your understanding, I'm going to read that again. Your discernment about who is removed, what is removed, and how it was removed is essential to you understanding why you should remain. If you do not read the removal right, it will mess with your ability to remain. The text says, so that what cannot be shaken, verse 27, may remain. So that what not may not, but cannot. There's a difference. So that what cannot be shaken may what? Remain. Let me talk to you about the ability to remain. You live in a generation that is consumed by two words. Number one is cancel. Cancel. It's a cancel culture. You don't like it, block it. You don't like it, cancel it. The other word is the word quit. You live in a cancel, quit generation. The distinction between quitting and finishing is the same difference in frustration and fulfillment. The distinction between quitting and finishing is the same difference between frustration and fulfillment. Learn to last. Come on in this building. Learn to last till it's finished. Be like Jesus. Learn to last until you can say it is finished. He didn't say I'm finished. He said it is finished. Learn to last until you've done all that God has given you a purpose to accomplish. Learn to last till it is finished and stop quitting just because you are frustrated. Stop quitting just because you are offended. Stop quitting just because it didn't go like you thought it ought to go. I've been praying, Lord, empty your kingdom of quitters. Jesus said, I must finish the work that he has called me to finish. The enemy is not worried about starters. The enemy is concerned with finishers. That's why Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith and I have finished my race. Here's what I'm determined. I'm not gonna quit until I'm finished and I'm not finished till I take my last breath. If there's any finishers in this building, that's like wanting your car clean and washing it but you refuse to wax it. You take the trash out the floorboard, but you don't vacuum it. That's not finishing it. God is looking for people that have the fortitude to finish what they start. That's what he's doing with you. 
That's why Paul said, I'm convinced of this very thing. I've learned a lot of stuff, but I'm convinced of one thing, that he who began a good work in you shall also finish it. If he started it, he's going to finish it. If you start it, you ought to finish it. No matter what you feel like, your feelings will tell you to quit. Your feelings will tell you to stop. Stop running on your feelings and start running on your faith because faith says, I got to keep going in my future until my purpose is finished. I'm going to give you 10 sanctified seconds to praise him like you love him. I'm looking for some finishes in here. Thank you, Jesus. See, you have exits before you all day. Come on in this building here. You have exits before you all day and you have exits before you every day. It takes courage to stay the course and remain on the path we call purpose. I'll read it again. You have exits before you all day and every day. It takes courage to stay the course and remain on the path that we call purpose. Hallelujah. So that what cannot be shaken may remain. Remain. So that what cannot be shaken may remain. It means to stay. It also has this connotation to be present when the roll is called. A lot of people are here, but they ain't here. We in the building, but we're not in the building. Right? It means to be present when your name is called. So if I say Giovanna Hawkins, she says present. I'm right here. You don't have to look for me. If I say Lance, he says, <laughs> I love Lance. When you dig down into the word remain, it just doesn't mean to be present or to stay, but it literally means to persevere. See, to persevere, now that's a new introduction to remaining. See, that's a whole other situation. Because to persevere means you're facing something. So in spite of what you are facing, you're still present. To persevere says I'm going through severity, but I'm here. Persevere comes from two words. Per is to cease. Severe is severity. People that have the ability to persevere, the ability to persevere, are the people that have the ability to see through the severity. So the question is, can you see to the other side? of what you're going through. Because if you've ever been through anything in your life, you already know that when you come through the other side, you are better than you were. 
Dig in it. Do, do the etymology, dig in it. Do the exegesis, dig in it. The word remain. I know y'all shared this on your social media. I know you already shared this on your smart device. I'm not even going to ask that because you love this word so much. You couldn't wait to get that smart device out. I got to share the shake. Dig down in the word remain. At the root of the word, it means not just stay, but stay with an attitude of expectancy. I'm not just here, but I'm here leaning forward. I'm here believing God for the biggest things I've ever seen in my entire life. So I don't remain just to hang out. I remain to be a participant in the plan of God. And if I'm a participant in the plan of God, then my heart beats with the palpitation of excitement every time I'm around God's people because I know something great is about to transpire. Is there any of those kinds of people in the building? So this brings to mind the thought of why stay or why remain. If you can't be excited about where you are, then why remain in it? Talk now. See, this opens up a whole new world because there's nothing worse than staying and being miserable. So it brings to mind this thought of why stay or remain if you can't be excited about where you are. On one hand, it implies excitement that I am where I am supposed to be. On the other hand, it implies I may have to endure some things, but I know I am where I am supposed to be, therefore I am not moving. On one hand, it says I am staying because I'm expecting. I am remaining in God because I am expecting. On the other hand, it's saying I'm remaining in God and I'm enduring a lot of stuff in life, but I ain't moving. Now, everyone in this building fits in one of those two categories. Some of you are not enduring anything. That means you ought to be excited about everything. Some of you are excited about a few things and you're enduring a lot of things, but I came here to encourage you. You are in the building. Right there's where you ought to throw your head back and shout, I'm still here. I'm not talking about in this church. You still in God. You still in his service. You still in his purpose. You still in his will. So if you are excited or enduring, I'm gonna give you five sanctified seconds to thank him that you are still here. Come on, Holy Ghost. Our ability to remain is based on his preservation and our, our perseverance. Say it again. Our ability to remain is based on his preservation and our perseverance. He will keep you, but you must keep moving. Woo! He will keep you, but you must keep moving. You gotta keep growing. You gotta keep progressing. Perseverance. The word remain means to persevere. Perseverance is the rope that ties your soul to the door 
of heaven. Perseverance is the rope that ties the soul to the doorpost of heaven. I wrote this down this morning. What we obtain too easy, we value too lightly. Ooh, I feel a preaching my soul. Ooh, I'm trying to be calm. Trying to be calm. What we obtain too easy, we value too lightly. It is the cost of endurance that gives it value. If your determination is fixed, then don't despair. Great works are performed not by strength. They're performed by perseverance. All the stuff we've been through in the last year and a half. I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about the world. I'm talking about the people of God. All the stuff we have been through. And some people are saying, we're going to outlast this. We're going to outlast this. Well, let me help you, honey. You can outlast it and be dead at the end of it. I'm not here to outlast this. I'm here to outlive this. So that when this is over, I still got my joy. I still got my praise. Outlasting it could mean it's over and you barely survive it. Outliving it means it's over and I still got my dance on. I still got my praise on. Somebody shout, I'm going to outlive this thing. God is good, isn't he? Psalm 125 verse 1, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. Sometimes we enjoy, sometimes we endure, but we always outlive what is out to get us. Preaching good, Pastor Rick. The ability to remain so that what cannot be shaken may remain, may endure. So I prayed and I said, Lord, reveal unto thy servant, O thou that sits upon thy throne. I did not pray like that. I said, Lord, show me some stuff. Y'all ever just got down on your knees and got out of the King James Version? And you didn't pray these and thou's. You just throwed your head back and said, Lord, I need to see something right now. I need you to show me something. And that's the way I prayed. And when I did, the Lord said, I'm going to show you stuff that will remain and will never be removed. I said, now speak, Lord. And he said, my mercy I know some of y'all. Y'all better thank God right there on that point. 44 times in scripture he says, my mercy shall endure forever. Psalm 138 verse 8, the Lord will perfect that which concerns you. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the work of your own hands. Then he said, my word endures forever. 
Psalm 119 verse 160, the word is true from the beginning and every one of thy righteous judgments endures forever. His truth endures forever. Psalm 117 verse 2, for his merciful kindness is great toward us and the truth of the Lord endures forever. His righteousness endures. Psalm 112 verse 9, he has dispersed, he has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever and his horn shall be exalted with honor. His glory endures forever. Psalm 104 verse 31. The glory of the Lord shall endure forever. The Lord shall rejoice in his own works. His goodness endures forever. Psalm 52 verse 1. The goodness of God endures continually. I'm going to stop reading them because I could go on all day and tell you of the expressions and characteristics of a divine God that says these things in me will outlive, outlast, outdo, overcome anything in this world. When everything is bad, God says I am good and I'm good all the time because my goodness shall endure forever. See, his goodness is made up of that kind of fabric that can walk through anything and it's still good. So I say, Lord, we need to start acknowledging things that remain. His mercy remains. His goodness remains. His truth remains. His word remains. His righteousness remains. Everything else in this world is being shaken. We're looking at a storm about to hit the coast of Louisiana and Mississippi. Again, that region will be shaken. We've come through a year and a half of shaking. We need to know what things that cannot, not may not, these things cannot be shaken. What cannot be shaken? His word cannot be shaken. His truth cannot be shaken. His mercy cannot be shaken. His righteousness cannot be shaken. His word cannot be shaken. We need to start focusing on things that we know in God that cannot be shaken. If you are thankful for all of those things, can you just tell him thank you real quick? Acknowledge what remains. And finally, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 2. That was all introduction. I'm going to go ahead and preach the message now. How many of you are ready to know about things that remain? Throw both hands up and shout real loud, I'm still here. Can I tell you, the enemy wants to destroy you. He wants to discourage you. He wants to kill you. But the devil is a lie. The devil cannot do what he wants to do. I say it again. The devil cannot do what he wants to do. God is in control. The blood is strong enough. The word is strong enough. The spirit is strong enough. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 2 tells me to pay attention to what remains. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 2 tells me to pay attention 
to what remains. Revelation 3, 2 says this, wake up. I ain't going to go there. And you know I am. You want to get woke? You want to talk about woke? Then let's talk about woke. Let's talk about wake up. See, this is an angel talking to a church in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 2. And the angel screams with a clarion voice two words. Scream it. Come on, say it. Wake up. Who's he talking to? He's not talking to a race or a culture. He's talking to the church. My daddy used to tell me when I wasn't paying attention, Ricky, wake up and smell the coffee, son. Simply means you ain't paying attention. He would hit me on my shoulder and say, son, wake up and smell the coffee. This is where the church is today. And the angel says to the church, wake up, strengthen what remains. Y'all ain't hearing that word. Strengthen what remains, which means something has been removed. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. If it's about to die, it means you ain't been feeding it. If it's about to die, it means you've not been paying attention to it. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of God. You're not done. You're not finished. Come on in the building. You are not finished. So strengthen what remains. I wrote this this morning when I read that. We are misdirected, disappointed, and obviously distracted when we are focusing more on what has been removed than we are focusing on what remains. I actually said it like this. We are misdirected, disappointed, and obviously distracted when we are focusing more on what has been removed than we are on fortifying that which remains. Stop asking what left, who left, and start asking what is left. Come on in here. Who is left? Stop looking around and saying, what left? Who left? And start saying, who is left? What is left? What is still here? Lord Jesus, strengthen what remains. It's a sad day when we focus so much of our energy and emotion on stuff that God has chosen to remove. And we ignore the very thing that's standing right beside us. It's dying 
and you don't even know it because you keep looking for what is gone. How long will you mourn for what I have removed? Why do you spend so much energy and emotion trying to hold on to what God has taken away and you're missing the very thing he's put right next to you. When that revelation hit me this morning, I told God, I don't care if there's four. I don't care if there's three, two, or one. Just give me one and I promise you, I will strengthen what is still Give me praise, somebody. No, y'all didn't hear me. I said, give him praise, somebody. Hallelujah. Preachers need to quit preaching to people that left. And start preaching to people that still here. We need to quit worrying about who is gone and what left and why it's not. No, get focused on what is standing right around you. Oh, and I saw and I thought, Lord, speak to me and tell me what to strengthen. And the Lord brought me to 1 Corinthians 13, 13, where the Bible says these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. God said, how about focusing on those three things? Strengthen your faith. Believe God for stuff that looks absolutely crazy. Believe God for the impossible. Strengthen your faith. Strengthen your hope. Start walking in optimism and exit the mode of pessimism. Always speculating. Always suspicion. Always doubting. Start connecting your hope to your future and say, any day something can happen in my life that can change the entire trajectory of who I am in this earth. Get your hope back. Get your faith back. These three things remain. Strengthen them. Strengthen your faith. Strengthen your hope. Strengthen your love. Love like you ain't got nothing to lose. Love like you ain't got nothing to lose. The word strengthen, you could be seated. Strengthen what remains to turn resolutely in a certain direction. Come up here, Josh. Real fast, Josh. Thank you, Pastor Josh. Come over here, Pastor Josh. Thank you, Pastor Josh. <laughs> to strengthen means to turn resolutely. Resolved about the turning. I made up my mind. That I'm going to turn toward it. To turn resolutely in a certain direction. It's almost in an apologetic mode. You got to study it. It's almost like I'm sorry for ignoring the value of who you are in my life. 
And watch what it means. It goes on to mean this. When you turn resolutely in the certain direction of the thing that you have ignored, the purpose of the turning is to make it stable, place it firmly, and fix it in your mind. So you turn resolutely in a certain direction and you make it stable, place it firmly, fix it in your mind. In other words, I refuse to ever forget the value of who you are in my life. And I'm sorry for not giving you the attention you deserve because I was so focused and hurt over what was removed. Oh, I'm preaching better than you sanctified folks are saying amen to me. He said, turn and strengthen that which remains. After all the shaking, after all the removal, strengthen that which remains. Watch what is, this, this connotation is beautiful. It survived the storm with you. It went through it with you and you didn't even acknowledge his presence because you were so heartbroken about what was removed. It stands the test and it still functions at optimum levels. It didn't just stay with you. It never lost its energy. Woo! It never lost its optimism. It never lost its encouragement. It didn't just stay with you, but it stayed with you functioning at optimum levels. It didn't get dizzy in the destiny. You got dizzy, and it stayed stable. Strengthen what remains. I'm not done. I'm not done yet, because I'm here to shame every devil. And I'm here to encourage every saint. You're going to leave here with your shoulders square. I'm tired of seeing a saint of God, the saints of God, questioning everything, doubting everything, suspicious about everything, scrutinizing everything. I'm ready to see them saints with them shoulders square. Got that Bible tucked up underneath that arm. Walking in church like I am sure of one thing. I love God and he loves me. And I'm still right here. Now watch this. I'll end on this. When the enemy tries to sift you, to remove you, he only gives you something that you can use to strengthen somebody else. When the enemy tries to sift you or to remove you, he only gives you something by which you can strengthen somebody else. Pastor Rick, is that even scriptural? Luke 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, let me tell you, when God calls your name twice, he ain't playing. Boy, I remember when my mama used to try to wake me up for school. Ricky, that was get up. But if she said, Ricky, Ricky, that's when you better get up. (laughs) 
I feel like God been giving some of y'all the double enunciation. Simon. Simon! Satan has desired to have you that he may remove you, that he may sift you as wheat. Watch out. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. When you are converted, not if, when you are converted, strengthen your brothers. Strengthen that which remains. When you are converted, strengthen your brothers. The only reason God allows us to go through storms and sifting is to turn around and strengthen others who might have to go through the same thing. In other words, you can look at the devil and tell the devil you chose the wrong somebody. Because number one, I ain't changing my mind. Number two, I'm going to remain right who I am and right where I am. And number three, when you're done with your riddle, I'm going to turn around and strengthen everybody around me. So you're messing with the wrong somebody. If that's you, I dare you to praise God like you love it. 